Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me is always my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter-Ogle. I wasn't sure if you were going to be like, and she's just Jessica, <laughs> which no. I mean, it doesn't even apply. That'd that's, be weird. That's, that's your shtick, not mine. It's not my shtick. It's Mattel's, really. <laughs> it's, um, not, it's not not for me. Not for mm, me. Yeah, exactly. Hi, everybody. Hey. Happy Monday. Happy Monday again, recording on another Monday, because we had a packed weekend. Yeah, I didn't, ex- I don't know, I was exhausted by last night. Like, I, Yeah. I, last week I felt like this knot in my shoulder, <laughs> and then it, I didn't feel it at all, <laughs> shut up, see, I knew you are going to laugh. Then I tried I, not to. I didn't feel I it at both. all, like, Saturday and Sunday, and I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh my god, I can't move. And it's like so tight, I had to put one of my little patches on. I was gonna try not to laugh today. I just, I just can't not laugh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's a Monday. Oh, that's that's just life, man. That's I just know. life in your forties. Woohoo! Good I was time. doing so good. Like I had, I haven't had a migraine in like probably two weeks. Knock on wood. So yeah, that it's was been crazy. a little bit. So that's been good. I like even, my ibuprofen intake has lessened. Yeah, even though. Last week we had a uh, we had a tornado warning and stuff and the weather oh, was yeah, crazy we but did. but you didn't you, you didn't have any headaches no, from it I which didn't. was nice that's surprising yeah we had just gotten into bed when our phone alarm went off and the outdoor sirens were off and it was like get to the basement yep. if you've got one yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a tornado watch it was tornado warning meaning yeah. like it's in the area uh, find shelter quick. Yeah, luckily we didn't have much damage in our neighborhood. A few small limbs down, but our lawn furniture didn't even blow over or anything. Yeah. Lots of thunder, lots of lightning though. A lot of people out of power, a lot of flooding. People like taking their kayak down main streets that people would normally be driving their cars down. Yeah. Which is like gross because it's like funk water, but and nonetheless. Hein- and Heinz Drive was completely flooded for miles. Yeah, they usually have a classic car cruise um, at the end of August, which is really nice because they only allow classic cars to go on the road. So it's really cool, but it got canceled because of the flooding and stuff. So It's crazy to me that people used to live on Heinz, Heinz Road. Yeah, it's like a Heinz flood Drive. basin, basically. That's yeah. insane. That's like That reminds me of back when I used to live uh, with my parents in a trailer, on Jackson Drive, it's it's a flooded area in the fields around us. So, like, we wouldn't get flooded because we were sitting on the side of a hill. Yeah. But everybody else around us would get flooded. Yeah. It was, and they'd be in trailers. Like, you know, it, it's, That's crazy. it's no good. And, yeah. and when we drive there now, it's, like, even more trailers. And I'm just like, wow, more trailers. Is that the area I've seen where it's, like, your trailer is a tree? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it was like it, it's all it's the, pe- the people we sold it to. Uh, let treat, it go. Let it go. Treat it like garbage. Somebody broke out the front window. There's a tree that's fell on it now. Like it's it's crazy. Like when I see people it now, like I'm no like pride for their stuff. No, I mean, obviously it's abandoned now, unless like a family of raccoons is in it. But I'm sure there's some sort of animals living in there. Yeah. Maybe snakes and stuff. But uh, yeah, I always forget your mom has snakes sometimes. Got to keep an eye on my little baby. Yeah. Yeah, that is a legit thing. Yeah. So she one time before we went down with Soph, she was talking about having a snake in her yard, and I was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> but remember uh, that time I saw that um, majestic horse in the night. <laughs> 
When I took Soph out in the night and in the moonlight, I saw a white stallion and thought, am I hallucinating? What yeah. is happening? And then I go in and, and I was like, um, I swear I'm seeing a horse out there. And your mom's like, oh, let me call my neighbor. Their horse got out again. Sally, your horse is in my yard. And I'm yep. like, oh, my God, country living is not for me. I felt, I feel like Green Acres and I'm there sometimes. Like I'm a Gabor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Anyway, how was your day? Anything eventful? Um, we well, this morning we went to the doctor for my wrist again. Uh, for those of you uh, may not have heard on a previous podcast, I have had some ridiculous uh, wrist pain now going on for. It's crazy to say, but I think it's been like three years. It's it's been a long time. Yeah. It's it, been a while. It's it, it, it started during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't know what happened, but it's just been. Uh, it's a weird pain. Uh, the best I can describe it, it feels like a rubber band has been wrapped around my wrist like seven times, and it's super tight. And that's like just a how. Like ice grip. Yeah, just feels like that all all day long. So I got a cortisone shot a couple months ago, and it was uh, okay to get another one. And I wanted to try another one, and he put it in a different spot. The reason I'm mentioning this is because I watched with this needle. This needle he had was, what, three, four inches long? I don't know. Yeah, probably as big. He made that thing disappear in my arm. It, yeah. It, it disappeared in my wrist. Like, he put it in, and I was like, oh, but, like, boy, that is that is really in there. And then he went, not yet, and then bent the thing and oh, shoved yeah. it in further. And I was like, what? And then he went all the way to the hilt, and I was like, What? I hope it works. And he was like, uh, he's like, does that hurt? And I was like, no, I just don't know where in the world you put that thing. It's yeah. gone. Like you made, he made the entire needle disappear into my wrist. Crazy. Because if you put the needle up to my wrist, I'm sure it went through my wrist. So that means he shoved it back yeah. in there into that ra radius bone somewhere back in there somewhere. I was like, what the? And then I felt, you know, my arm fill up. I could, or not my arm, but I could feel my whole wrist and hand start to fill up with liquid, obviously. Yeah. Um, the numbness is, is starting to come back here the last couple of hours, but like my pinky and uh, ring finger were just like dead to me. Like you, yeah. pro you, you probably could have put them, hit them with a hammer and I wouldn't have felt them. Like they were just numb. It was weird. Um, but yeah, we'll see if this works. Yeah, we had that appointment first yep. thing Monday morning. Yep, he said to give it, you know, give it four weeks and then see what happens. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully this works. The first one got rid of the numbness that I had going on and the tingling. So maybe this one will actually get rid of the pain. Who knows? I hope so. I've had good luck with getting a second one when I needed one. So Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I went to work after that. Nothing much eventful. I am obsessed with mailboxes. Like on the outside of your house, <laughs> I want a black mailbox that looks like an envelope, that's shaped like an envelope. So there's one on Amazon, but it's not like black enough. It has like a bronze trim and people are like, if you really want a black one, you're not going to want this. So I'm not getting it. So I found one on Pottery Barn I was going to get. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And Steven's like, don't use your birthday money to buy stuff for the house. I'm like, I'm 41 years old. All I care about is stuff for the house. Like, <laughs> I don't want anything. There's nothing I need or want personally. I don't need any clothes. I don't need, I don't have like, I don't collect like toys and tchotchkes and whatnots like Steven does. Like, I don't, this basement is filled with Funko Pops and comic books and posters and other sort of paraphernalia. I don't have anything like that. I just like stuff for my house in general. And I thought I needed to buy a couple more end tables, but I did some real clever rearranging and things are 
really looking pristine. Chef's kiss, if you will. So I found the mailbox that I wanted on Pottery Barn and I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it for myself. Well, it's like $77, which is just astronomical in my opinion. But I was like, this is going to be my birthday present to myself. I'm getting it for myself. So I thought I was getting free shipping. And so I bought it. I did all this. I must not have paid good enough attention because I didn't get an email from PayPal that's like, hundred dollars and something else has been taken out of, and I was like oh my god so I panicked because I don't know if you guys know about the incident where I thought I was buying a pair of shoes from the Brooks store Brooks you know running.com but apparently it was some sort of fake fraudulent Chinese site because after I purchased the shoes that were on a really good deal too good to be true usually the case the site looked <laughs> completely legit but the price I was like really maybe they're just doing a clearance thing I looked at my PayPal and it was all these Chinese characters instead of Brooks and I freaked out and I was in back and forth with PayPal for like multiple times as they kept rejecting my claim, but you better believe I got my money back. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, it happened again. And so I looked at my order. No, what happened was they charged me $16 for shipping for this like mailbox. It's a mailbox for the front of your house. Those things aren't like, they're not, you know, lead they're just metal mailboxes. It pro $16. Yeah. So I was livid and I went to the chat on customer service and I was like, I need my order canceled immediately. Not only was this price way too much for a mailbox in general, but $16 for shipping? Heck no. So they canceled my order. Wow. So yeah. you got your birthday money back. Yeah. Not, I mean, it was a real whirlwind towards the end of my work day, let me tell you. Maybe you have to go to like Lowe's or Home Depot. And they don't they have some, Nobody some, has them. I'm going to steal the one off our neighbor's house. That's not. Ha no, you will not be stealing <laughs> no. the neighbor's mailbox. I'm going to keep an eye on Pottery Barn free shipping deals and discount codes. You could ask the lady where she got hers, though. I'm telling you, the only place I've looked at Lowe's, I've looked everywhere. Yeah, well. So. Maybe she's got a hookup. I did find a beautiful leaf on the ground as I was walking Soph today and it was just <laughs> laying there perfectly and shaped like a heart. Well, there you go. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I kept walking and I said, you know what? I'm taking a picture of that. Do and you, I did. Do you remember when we were in high school and the uh, guy had the bagel that was uh, looked like Mother Teresa and that was a big crazy news story and everybody was going to see this bagel that looked like Mother Teresa? No, but wasn't there like a chip shaped like Mary? Yeah. Virgin Mary or yeah, like there's been all that kind toast of stuff. or something. Yeah. Weird, I don't man. know. People are weird, man. Yeah, that stuff's dumb, but my heart-shaped leaf was glorious. <laughs> I'm going to post a picture of that. <laughs> Anywho, that's the start of our exciting week. Yeah. And I get uh, early off on Friday for Labor Day, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to see one of my friends I haven't seen in a while, and then got a long weekend coming up. I'm already ready for it, and it's only Monday. Yep. Uh, we'll be there soon enough. And, uh, I, you know, I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, that just means we're getting closer to being cold. So I know. Pass. And I'm going to regret this, but I'm like, I'm ready for fall. Nope. I don't know. This summer has just been so weird. The weather, the everything, like we've barely been outside in our yard, which I hate. And like, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I feel like I can start to feel that change in the air and it's like, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I'm going to regret that because... And we're going to have a blink and you missed it fall. And we're going to be gone for 10 days. Well, not, yeah, eight days of it for our honeymoon. So that's like two weekends gone from cider milling. Yeah. And October, we've got 
two weekends gone. Yep. Three weekends, maybe. Oh, my gosh. And then it's November. Okay, no, I'm not ready yet. Yep. I retract it. Take it back. Yep, that's what I tried to tell you. <clears throat> anyway. So Enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to hit next? You. <laughs> Great. Save that uh, for after the podcast. All right. Um, so uh, we uh, talk wrestling on this podcast. We do, yes. And uh, this week, this past week, we lost uh, in the wrestling community, community we lost uh, two people. One, a uh, WWE Hall of Famer, uh, been in the business for over five decades, um, 79 years old, the uh, legend that is Terry Funk from the Double Cross Ranch in Texas. I've never really heard anyone say anything negative about him. No. Like, no. always... He is the king of hardcore, man. Yeah. Um, always good good things to say about him, his work ethic, abs- his... You absolutely. Know. The ECW guys love him because he went to ECW and helped them out when they needed it. They needed eyes on the product, and he yeah. went there just to work with them to help them to help their business. That's like, cool. That's, that's the type of guy he was. Um, he didn't do a lot with WWE. When he did, he worked with Mick Foley. And he came in, uh, Mick Foley did his character of uh, Cactus Jack, and Terry Funk was Chainsaw Charlie. Mm. Came out with a chainsaw, That's running. Quite like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, running with a chainsaw, even if it's bladeless, is terrifying, because I went to a haunted forest once, and <laughs> we had to walk through it, and they chased us out with chainsaws, and I knew there weren't blades on them, but I almost peed myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ch- <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Terry Funk, the legend, um, man, I remember yeah, wa- him wa- like watching cool him guy. when I was a kid. So yeah. uh, spent a lot of time watching him. He's he was he was great, man. It's a Good different stuff. it's a different kind of wrestler than we have today. Oh, very Definitely. different, very so, different. Much more much more raw and yeah. and uh, authentic. <laughs> yeah, and I think those guys looked like real guys too. Like yeah. you could run into them. Yep. And have like a bar brawl or you could see them like in the ring. Like it was not a lot of steroids, not a lot of all that stuff. Like it was just dudes doing their thing. And it was it was cool. It was a different time of wrestling. He was the last of what you call a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. He, um, yeah, he dressed the part, looked yeah. the part, was yeah. the part. So, and I love that his, his ranch was called the Double Cross Ranch. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> So I like that. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Terry Funk. Uh, the other person we lost this week uh, lost to a heart attack. Thirty six years old, much so younger young. than than uh, seventy nine. Uh, Bray Wyatt from WWE, also known as uh, the Fiend, um, uh, towards the latter part of his career, but uh, mainly Bray Wyatt for the Wyatt family. Uh, unfortunate, he left behind a wife and uh, two kids. And I think he had another kid from a previous marriage as well. So I think he's got three kids total. Uh, but just really sad. 36 years old and just gone. Um, he, he'd he been working with WWE on the main roster for 11 years minus nine, nine to 12 months of which he was fired and then brought back. Um, he was fired during the pandemic and they said it was budget cuts. And then they brought him back like almost a year later. And then unfortunately <laughs> he was gone not too soon yeah, after he that. Got, he got COVID back in March. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's various things, uh, you know, out there as to how he might have gone, but COVID related yeah. um, and a heart attack. So, and there could have been other things. Did you say there was, 
or people were saying a pre-existing heart condition on top of COVID. Some, something about that. I read a little bit about okay. that. Um, I know he he talked about struggling with depression after Brody Lee died. Yeah. Um, Brody Lee was part of the Wyatt family in WWE and then eventually went to AEW. Um, in WWE, he was Luke Harper. So, and they were really close friends, like almost like brothers, basically. Um, and uh, Bray suffered from depression after Brody died. Pretty hard. Took it really yeah. hard, like big time, like didn't come on TV for almost a year sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, WWE did a did a tribute to both guys on SmackDown this past week. Um, and it had some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so, and then of course, AEW had their big pay-per-view on Sunday and they did a tribute to both, uh, some of the guys that worked with Bray Wyatt in the house of black, they came out with a lantern the way Bray Wyatt would and set a lantern down and then they all looked at it and then they walked by it. I thought that was cool. That's That's all, that's all you need is just a little bit of something like that. It's very respectful too. Absolutely. You know, it's it's nice when, when they do that. Yeah. Um, Seth Rollins on Saturday at a house show for WWE, he, in his match, he did a couple things that Bray Wyatt would do in the ring cause they were close friends. Um, and cool. I saw, I saw some of that on Twitter. That was pretty cool. So, nice. um, I'm trying to think they did a, they did a tribute to, uh, Terry Funk as well. Um, Eddie Kingston came out with a branding iron during oh. his match, which was a whole, totally a Terry Funk thing. He always had his double cross ranch branding iron with him for, for matches and stuff so that's cool so that was cool um but yeah they they went to london and eighty one thousand thirty seven fans in wembley stadium that's cool sophia is just distracted <laughs> i am like sitting crazy. next to sophia who is a straight-up lunatic i put a blanket on the couch for her but she's got this thing that she does this game she plays with herself where she will throw the toy up on her back. Yep. Like sometimes she'll walk along like next to the couch, rubbing against it with the toy on her back. She's laying on the couch and knocking the toy on her back and she can't get to it. And she's squirming around and she's snorting. and <laughs> It's just cracking me up. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I completely, you, that was nuts. Yeah. I mean, I do. I need to say all this. I mean, the, the listeners heard what I was saying. Did you hear what yes, I was saying? I heard everything I was commenting, but like <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, this girl looks like she's having a seizure over here. Yeah. She's like, she's in the yard when she's yeah. laying on her back in the grass. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 81,000 plus. That's a lot of people. In Wembley stadium. It, the setup looked fantastic. I Set saw with, signs for like Bray too, which was cool. Like fan stuff. Yeah. They did that. Um, but, during yeah. the House of Black, they dropped their lights, which the big thing with Bray Wyatt was similar to The Undertaker back in the day, which was uh, when the lights, he came in with, with you know, the lights off, mm-hmm. the house lights off, as they call it, and everybody would turn on their camera phone lights. Um, and even prior to that, everybody had lighters yeah, when they could still smoke in buildings and stuff, even though they didn't let you smoke at events like that. People still had their lighters like that. So, yeah. um, But yeah, That's so cool. when the House of Black comes out, they come out with the lights off as well. So the lantern shown up, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And then everybody else also turned on their lights and you could see just a sea of lights. And that was what Bray Wyatt called his fireflies, which was pretty cool. I didn't always like his stuff, but I will say his like gimmicks and stuff, but I will say he was very creative and he was different and whether or not you liked it, you remember it. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. He wasn't scared to take a risk. Yeah. And when they started the, the buy-in, which is the Mm pre-show, Renee, 
Paquette, she read a quote from Bray Wyatt about wrestling, which was really, really cool to start the show that way. And, and I, I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. I think that's respectful to cross company. Um, you know, yep. I think AEW isn't afraid to do that. AEW stars yep. more so than WWE, yep. which I think is really nice. Cause I always do have a lot of complaints about AEW and the way they're ran and things like that. But I think that that is, I think they look at wrestling above all else. Yep. At times like this, as opposed to company to company and isolating company, you know? Yeah. And it was cool because Excalibur on the commentary, when the lights went out for House of Black, he was like the fireflies are in the house tonight, which was very cool. Yeah, that's cool. And then he mentioned what the lantern was for and how, you know, they lost a brother in arms this week that they were close with and, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt and uh, Wyndham Rotunda is his uh, real name which I should have said that earlier. Bray Wyatt's not his real name. That's his gimmick name. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so the, a couple of tributes there, which was cool for All In. How was the pay-per-view? I will admit I went shopping with my mother. The pay-per-view... I did not really watch it, which is what we like to do instead. The pay-per-view was good. Um, I, I've set the bar low when it comes to AEW. I just have because they do a lot of stuff during their shows their TV shows during the week that I think most of the time belongs on a pay-per-view. The, if it was WWE, it would be saved for a pay-per-view. Yeah. With AEW, it's almost like there's no, the nothing distinguishes a regular show from a pay-per-view. They're, and that's because they're trying to keep viewers. They're a younger company. They're, they're a smaller company. They're trying to keep viewers every week and keep people there because let's just face it. Viewers these days have ADHD and don't stick on a channel very long and they move along. And I'm, so that is, we are not in the era in which it was Monday Night Raw and, and WCW with Monday Night Nitro on at the same time where you could flip back and forth and it was a competition as to who had what. Now the wrestling programs don't go up against each other. I mean, it's not even just that. I know I can't even make it through like a video you send me on Instagram without knowing how long it's going to be or is it almost over or like. I'm I'm one of the few people that I know of that I don't get impatient with a view, video or how long something is or the fact that AEW's pay-per-views are four hours versus WWE being two and a half to three. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I, I'm there for the product. I'm there for you know, whatever yeah. it is I'm watching. So I'm, I'm there for the long haul. That's, you have that's more just like patience and concentration though. And you yeah. like, you like more of a slow burn. So for you, you like to watch. Yeah. I'm just like, what stocks, what stocks. So, uh, they, they had the pre-show had two matches on it. One match was your favorite and, uh, everyone else's favorite hook. Ugh, winning back garbage. the FT, winning back the FTW championship hook against Jack Perry. Less talent than my pinky finger. Not great. Uh, the story that came out of this, though, that was interesting, that uh, superseded and unfortunately, I wouldn't say gave the event a black eye, but it definitely showed more uh, problems with AEW as a company, once again, with interpersonal relationships and, and legit fighting, Yeah, is that Jack Perry did a spot with Hook where Hook dropped him on the windshield of a car. And apparently... Um, there were some words between him and Punk about the event, and they got into fisticuffs, and uh, Jack got sent back to the hotel, and now they're both suspended until further notice, pending an investigation. There's a whole thing. Punk what? is... If Punk is suspended? Yep, they're both oh suspended. Oh, my gosh. Okay, first of all, you did not tell me that. That I, happened today. 
So I just feel like they need to cut their ties with Punk because this is the second time in, what, two years that there's been an altercation in a locker room and Punk's been involved and Punk's been suspended. Second time since November. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you guys can talk about what whatever you want about the locker room and all this stuff, but you've had two altercations, one between your EVPs yeah. and him, one between him and Jack Perry, and... Even how can he not bear some responsibility? What's the common denominator? Yeah, there is a common denominator. His name is Punk for a reason. Yeah. Because he's a punk. (laughs) So the second match on the card uh, in the pre-show was Adam Cole and MJF versus Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team. Aussie Open uh, for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Now, I mentioned this match because it was important because MJF and Adam Cole were in the main event of All In one-on-one MJF defending the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So this match mattered because they're a tag team now, but they're also friends. But there's also and a AEW title. AEW doesn't have a very big roster, so that's why people are in multiple matches, right? It's all for the story. Yeah. It's all for the story of them being AEW friends. AEW is a roster of a thousand wrestlers, <laughs> and so they've got two guys in two matches. You got to think, Tony Khan is still trying to get Ring of Honor over and get people to watch I Ring of it. Honor. I and just... one way to do that is to get two of his biggest selling merch guys over on Ring of Honor as well as better AEW. Better than you, baby. I know. And better than you, baby, beat Aussie Open to win the titles. So that was cool. Um, I didn't get to see those matches. We didn't have it up then. We had some technical difficulties, and then we got the pay-per-view up. Now, I'm not going to mention every match that was in the pay-per-view. They're not all worth mentioning, at least not talking in detail. Uh, so we'll just hit a couple of big things, one of which was Chris Jericho and Will Ospreay. Mm. Will Ospreay is from Britain, Whoa. and, man, did he get a huge pop in Wembley for being there. He came out. His his gear was had the British flag on it. Who like, won the match, bro? He won the match. <laughs> he beat Jericho in a fantastic way, uh, which is the it's the way it should be. Veterans should be helping the younger yeah. talent get over. And I think Jericho loves that too. He does. Yeah, he seems to genuinely really like yes. doing that. He's you can say what you want about a lot of wrestlers, but he's put over a lot of MJF wouldn't be MJF without. Jericho. Yep. Jericho has put over MJF, Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, Will Offspray, Sammy Guevara, um, and he's John still, Moxley. And he's he, put them all over. And he has not lost any no. Jericho-ness, any star power, any he fan is, love. He is Teflon and yeah. deserves on the, to be in that conversation for Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He just gets better and better every week. It's entertaining everything he does. So that match was fantastic. Very much enjoyed it. Um, and, and Will Ospreay worked down a little bit. Jericho worked up a little bit. They met in the middle and, and did a, did a, had very good chemistry in the ring. It was good. Cool. Uh, the other thing was, is Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. Sting came out to his WCW music oh, using Metallica. Really? What song was that? Yeah, it was so cool. That's cool. Very cool. Because he, he used that for his uh, Sting Joker gimmick. Okay. Where he puts like some red red smile lips in into his paint. Uh, into his face paint. I remember so, bright blue scorpion pants with the white hair, and I remember Halloween Havoc steam coming from the rafters are yep. my two, like... Yeah, he still wears the black and white, yeah. but he adds a little red red smile into his mm-hmm. face paint. Um, it's pretty cool. So that was good. 
him and Darby Allen coffin match against Swerve and Christian Cage, which man, Christian Cage is underrated. Swerve is underrated. Unfortunately, he doesn't get much of a reaction it, when he comes you could out. Hear it, a pin drop it, when sad. he comes out. It is. He's, he's he's so talented. I don't know what else he can do. I, I I think one of the things he needs is he needs better music. His entrance music is so quiet to me, and it doesn't really hit. And I think that's part of the problem. But I I don't know because when he when he says whose house is it, everybody yells Swerve's house, and he got a huge reaction. Yeah, then. I think they were each paid like five or ten pounds to say it upon walking in. <laughs> So uh, the stadium stampede match, Orange Cassidy, best friends, uh, Eddie Kingston and Penta El Zero. I hate these matches. I saw versus, part of it. I hate them. Versus Santana and Ortiz, Moxley, Claudio, and Yuta. This match was all over the arena. It was very insane. They did not have enough cameras. As I mentioned, Eddie Kingston came out with the branding iron like Terry Falk yeah. used to do, which was cool. Um the Orange Cassidy best friends, Eddie Kingston and Penta, they they won this match. Everybody was bloody. Uh, it was uh, it was a bloody mess, and it wasn't great. If I'm being honest, I've seen better crazy matches like this, and this was not one that I would even put in my top twenty five. It mm. was I was just like I need this match to be over with. So that's all I got to say about that. the The match that started the show after the pre show, so once the real show started, was CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Fantastic match. Samoa Joe is amazing. The dude can work with anybody. Anybody. Doesn't matter how big or small they are. You put Samoa Joe in the ring with him, he will make them look awesome. And, man, did he beat Punk all to hell. It was fantastic. He won? No, he did not win. Uh, The quote-unquote real world's championship was on the line because that's what Punk calls his title now because he never lost it. You know, he got injured and, and all that kind of stuff in November from the media scrum. He never lost his title. So now it's called the real, quote-unquote, world championship. And he won. And uh, it was a great match. Like, not mad about it. It was it was a good match. The women's match, Jess's favorite match oh to watch. Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, Soraya, and Tony Storm. Three of those four women are fantastic wrestlers. One is horrible in the ring, horrible on the mic, but from Great Britain and came out with her family. So let's wonder who won. Hmm. Soraya. That girl is awful. Apparently she used to be a good wrestler, then she hurt her neck or something and was gone for 10 years or something. Seven. And she came back, and AEW apparently spent a bunch of money on her, but she's horrible. She can't talk on the mic at all. She can't wrestle in the ring. She's horrible, and it's obvious. And all those three other women have more talent in their pinky finger than she has in her whole body. And it is a shame and a discredit that not only was that the only female match on the card, but that it went to the worst female competitor in their locker room. I... I would agree with that statement, um, especially the fact that it was the only women's match on the card. Yeah. That bothered me. Four-hour have... pay-per-view? So you can't have room for another women's match because Eddie Kingston and Moxley have to bust their faces open and get blood everywhere? Yeah. Baloney and a half. Yeah, that... It... Women didn't even get in the pre-show, for heaven's sakes. No, and that match lasted, uh, I believe the count on it was 8 minutes and 48 seconds. So they wow. didn't even get a full 10-minute no. match. Oh, like Soraya could beat anyone in eight minutes. (laughs) 
So unfortunate. She's, she's horrible. It's so obvious too. I, I saw a lot of people online. It was it was it was split. There was people like I'm done with AEW. This is terrible. And there was people that were like, Oh man, this is so great. I'm glad to see her finally get a championship back after her long road back to the top. Well, or there's always going to be marks. Yeah. Yep. That's part so. of wrestling. Now, uh, leaving it up to the last two matches, I didn't think I was going to go into much detail about all those other matches, but leaving it to the last two matches, the one that was an absolute swerve for me was FTR versus the Young Bucks. I expected the Young Bucks to win this match the moment they announced it two months ago. I expected, all right, great. The Young Bucks, they're EVPs. They're going to book themselves to win the championship because this is their third match. They both won one each over the last four years. Now they're going to book themselves to win the third match and be tag champs again. Yay, this is this is going to suck. It's not what either of us wanted, but it is what we thought would happen. And it's not at all what happened. FTR won. And it was a fantastic match. All four of these guys, uh, Dax, Cash, Nick and Matt, Jackson, all four of them, fantastic at what they do. Yeah. I, it's a different... The Bucks wrestle a different style. FTR is very old school. The Bucks are more new school, and they blend together. They work up and work down to match one another. Fantastic match. Absolute best match on the card. Hands nice. down, not even a question. Uh, that match was absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, next to Punk and Joe, I, I, I would put those two matches at the top. If I was Punk and Joe, I'd have walked back through the curtain telling everybody good luck following that. If I'd have been these guys as well, I'd have walked through the curtain and been good luck, follow that. That was the main event, folks. Nice. Um, they just they killed it. It was fantastic. Um, then the main event, Adam Cole and MJF. Oh, I did see this. Oh, my God, it took forever. And MJF won, and not without Roderick Strong – Adam Cole's friend trying to get involved and trying to get Adam Cole to cheat to win, of which Adam Cole refused to do. This it, and eventually cost him the match. Is currently such a soap opera. <laughs> I was like, on the next episode of General Hospital, I mean AEW. <laughs> like Roderick Strong came out like the um, best friend that was cast aside. That's like pathetic, trying to get their friend oh, back and trying to get their friend to like turn on the other friend and come back to them and be their friend. Like. If it was a real soap opera, he probably would have like hit Adam Cole with a car in the night and then tried to nurse him back to health, like kind of like misery style or something. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was nuts. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. And then Adam Cole and MJF hugged it out at the end and the crowd popped big yeah. and then they, then they went out. Because oddly enough, when MJF literally won, the crowd didn't really react. No, because I don't. We didn't react because we were like, wait a minute, that's it? What and, are we doing here? Yeah, it was weird. And then after the match, there was this whole thing of whether or not Adam Cole was going to hit him with something or whether or not MJF was going to hit him with something. Like, oh, you mean the thing that they do every week? Yeah. I think is what you're... And then they hug. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, oh, my God. It, it's literally like a soap opera with it takes four months for one storyline to get anywhere. Hey, that's been Roman Reigns for three years now. Yeah, but he's got that Colgate smile. <laughs> <laughs> so you can forgive him a little bit. Yep. So. So yeah. So yeah. AEW is that all, all in all? I mean, out of out of you know, I I'd say it was a good pay per view. I I enjoyed cool. myself, but man, um, I had a, FTR and the Bucks, Punk and Joe, man, they just they stole the show. I had a great time shopping with my Gail. Yeah, Shout what'd out you guys to do? My Gail, the best shopping partner there is. We just kapitz around town, ran to a couple places, Kroger, Target, a couple places, just you know. Yep. 
Did you get anything new and fun while you were at the store? Uh, I don't think so. I think you found some uh, pumpkin Oreos on discount. Oh, I did. Well, they were on sale, not discount. But sale. Yeah. yeah. I did get a stockpile of pumpkin Oreos for the season, yes. Folks, uh, have you ever heard, for those of you in a relationship or maybe you got a roommate or something. And, oh, this is going to be great. And uh, you, hear the, you hear the person go, all right, no more of this. We can't have... We can't have four, four things of Oreos. Okay. Can't have it oh, in this because because I just want to eat Oreos all the time. So no. we can't can't no, have those I in the don't. cabinet. We don't need four sets of Oreos. First of, all, of which I then went, okay, cool, all, no, all right. I mean, I'll no. eat what I got, and then I'll get another bag. Uh, you no. know, another one when I'm done. And then now, how many how many no. things of pumpkin do we have? Five. Okay. First of all, is this thing on? If I may. We do not have four different kinds of Oreo. When I said that, I said, we don't need four boxes of different flavored Oreos in the cabinet at one time. It feels nuts. So you want now, four of the same? They're not all in the cabinet. They're in They're in the basement pantry. <laughs> like, they're ready to be rotated out. It's not like... Ooh. <sighs> Man. I tell you what, folks. She is a loon. She is a loon. You know, if I wanted up. to get if I wanted to get four of the dark chocolate, she'd think I'm crazy. First of all, that is crazy because they're out 365. <laughs> My pumpkins are out maybe for 60 days at best. 60 days at best. What would you like to discuss next on the podcast? Because this Oreo topic is over. <laughs> um, I got some album anniversaries. If you want to, um, if you want to hit that, yeah. All right, let's do it. I might be able to contribute a little bit to this. I did send you the list, so hopefully you listened. Maybe. So not to all of them. Like I've got a life. All right. So this is the end of August, beginning of September, and uh, we're working into the 58-year anniversary of Highway 61 revisited by Bob Dylan. Wow. 58-year anniversary. Like Bob Dylan. Bob Do we have Di- Bob Dylan on vinyl? We have a couple of like greatest hits, Bob Dylan. Mm. But uh, we don't. I don't think we have any specific albums besides "Time Out of Mind." That oh, that got. was a great purchase I bought you. I forgot. Yeah, the one that you purchased for me. But I wanted to just mention Highway Revisited uh, for those of you that don't know. That's the uh, "Like a Rolling Stone." <laughs> that's why my mom can't stand Bob Dylan, though. Yeah, like that kind of thing. She we just watch. watched an episode of King of the Hill, and they had <laughs> Bob Dylan on there. It was no. King- was it no yeah, it, was, it was bob dylan no it was That's willie nelson boomhauer was talking to bob dylan in the one scene because he's like yeah and it was right, right, yeah oh okay yeah, yeah. it's yeah, called right. hank's got the willies season one of king of the hill <laughs> also desolation row is on this album nice which is uh, a well-known song of i his. love bob dylan your mom's loco ballad of a thin man it's a it's a fantastic album i like it a lot uh yeah 58 years one of the bands that I like a lot that's a metal band released their album uh, 18 years ago, Terminant Damnation by Becoming the Archetype. Mm. They are full-on what you call progressive metal. So they have pianos involved. They, they have a, a track in the middle that's like 11 minutes long, and it's almost like it's metal. They got chorus versus chorus, and then boom, it drops into a piano piece for about three minutes. And it's just piano, and then it builds back up from there, almost like it's an orchestral piece. Really cool. And then the song after that is an acoustic 
instrumental song as well. So these guys have a lot of range. Some yes. of their stuff, sometimes it reminds me of like something that would be on like a soundtrack for like Castlevania or something like that. It's like it's Castlevania. Yeah, because they have like organs. No, I said, what is Castlevania? You don't know the video game Castlevania or the TV no. series that mm-hmm. was a cartoon when we were kids called no, Castlevania? It doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, he's like this. Uh, it's 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 like um, uh, gothic okay. type of style, but like so they have organs and stuff like that to make it sound that way. That's like part but of what I love about cool. fall is like gothic, like witches and things like that. And yeah. so the the I'm album the that. album cover for it looks like it's got like like mystical beings mm-hmm. and castles and stuff and on the cover. Cool. It's really cool. What's next? Um, but I saw them live. Their lead singer is absolutely insanely commanding from stage, and the people listen. It's crazy. Like, Sean and I almost died at their show. It was great. Mm, that sounds super fun. I hope you invite me to a show one day. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm hoping they come back. Cool. 1993, 30 years old, the third album, Music Box by Mariah Carey. Y'all, I have not listened to this in so long, but I was jamming out. I was singing at the top of my lungs. Oh my gosh, I was taking it with me in the kitchen. I turned it on my Bluetooth in the shower. I was just belting out Mariah Carey. Oh my gosh. I forgot how great this album was, how much I knew on this album. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dream lover, come and rescue me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so good. Yeah, great album. It is. Uh, another song, another album by a metal band that I that some of you may know that were on the Warp Tour. They're a little bit bigger than Becoming the Archetype. Under Oath, Lost in the Sound of Separation, fifteen years old. This album, they really ventured out and tried other things with this album and didn't just try to do what what they had traditionally done of of what you would call, I guess, hardcore. They tried to do cool. some other stuff and add some loops and stuff like that in there and. And, uh, man, it's, it's a fantastic album. It starts off with just drums, but it sounds like the drums are being, it sounds like it was recorded on like a tape deck in a hallway. Okay. So it sounds like really raw and sounds like analog, I guess you could say. And then the music comes in full force, clear as day and loud. And man, it's, man, it's a great album. Zomboy. The Dead Symphonic EP, his Great. second EP came out eleven years ago. Which, if you don't like, if you if you've never listened to dubstep, you Do should it. listen to some Zomboy. I will say, I've never listened to dubstep. I didn't even really know what that was. And Stephen turned me on to it. He made me um, two dubstep playlists. One specifically for like running, like when I'm running outside, which really gets me pumped in. I listened to the Zomboy EP when I was working out. Um, he didn't work out with me one day. I think his wrist was bothering him, and I worked out by myself. And I was like, well, I'll listen to a couple of the albums. And I listened to this one, and I was like, oh, I wish it wasn't just an EP. Yeah, he's he's got quite a few EPs that are really, really good. His but... stuff's great. I like him a lot. Yeah. I... I would see him. Like, if he was touring and you were like, hey, do you want to see this? I'd be like, all right, I'll do it. I've seen him live. He's phenomenal live. Although they apparently come on very late and have a lot of lights, so people that are prone to seizures and migraines probably should. 
Yeah, they don't generally start their shows till like 11 or midnight. They generally play clubs, man. I We went to bed on Friday. I think I got into bed at like 10 o'clock. And as I was putting my mouth guard in, I thought to myself, it is just lovely just being like happily married and settling into my life and like pulling up the covers at 10 o'clock on a Friday when in my previous life I would just be like dabbing on my final touch of mascara and heading out for the evening at 10 o'clock. Oh my gosh. Crazy. <laughs> crazy i'm liking this i liked that but i'm liking this for this stage of my life (laughs) so uh next up on the list is a band that no longer is around but i have to give a shout out to my buddy Stu because he introduced me to them with this album the big dirty by every time i die Mm. they for folks that like maylene and the sons of disaster oh that's me this is your style album i like maylene and the sons of disaster this is this is you've never recommended this to me i have recommended it to you you just haven't listened to it but yes this is an album that is in that vein of maylene and the sons of disaster and uh i i enjoy i enjoy every time i die a lot unfortunately they are no longer around i think the the band members have formed a new band called better lovers but i listened to a couple songs of that and it sounds it sounds pretty good it sounds similar but it's they have a different lead singer now um but yeah so every time i die that's 16 years old a band that i have a tattoo of 68 they released an ep3 hmm, 3 years ago called love mm. is ain't dead Oh, that's beautiful. That's why I had to hmm for a second because yeah. I got to say that right because it's not proper. That's English. like John Mayer's fancy line, "Why you no love me?" <laughs> on his Sob Rock album. <laughs> First of all, that's offensive that you would compare '68 to that horrible. What's uh, offensive John Mayer is that album. the lyric "Why you no love me" exists. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they did a cover of "Rock On," the David Essex. Oh, song, nice. which is really, really good. On I'd be there. interested in hearing that. I I enjoy that a lot. And then you should have told me to listen to this one, man. Come on, you know. You know, don't just send the list. Send like a little commentary about it because I just see these names of bands that are Stephen. You guys can't see my air quotes, but Stephen bands. And what am I supposed to do with it? You know what I mean. <laughs> the last band on the list is the one I know you listen to because I was like. Wait a minute, what? I like them. System of a Down, Toxicity. I like them. It was 22 good. 22 years old, the second album of System of a Down. Well, I was looking at our album list when I was working out that day, and with Zomboy only being an EP, it didn't take me through my full workout. So I was like, oh, let's put a little uh, System of a Down on here. System See of a Down. See if they helped get me to the finish line, and they did. I love System of a Down. So this album, I heard rumor back when it came out that if you put the songs in alphabetical order that it tells a story. So I've never listened to the album except for on vinyl in the order of which it was released. I have it even set up on my phone in alphabetical order. Does it tell a story? I feel like it does. I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe that's just osmosis from people telling me. Pink Floyd, you put Wizard of Oz on, which I've done before. Yeah. It it flows better. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It flows better if the songs are listed alphabetical versus the way they are on the vinyl. It's weird when I listen to it on vinyl because I'm waiting for a particular song to come after each song and it's yeah. not it and it doesn't sound right to me. But then again, I've been listening to, to it this way for 22 years, so that's probably Ooh, why. Oh, you old fart. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But fantastic album. We're talking Chop Suey, Aerials. Yeah. We're talking... The actual song Toxicity. We got Jet Pilot. 
Real quick story, a buddy of mine made a mix CD back in the day, and he put Jet Pilot on there. But the it was one of the last songs on his mix CD. But prior to that, he had a song, because, you know, you get these songs off Napster. He had a song that was like eight minutes on there, but like three minutes were silence. Mm. So he fell asleep listening to that song. And then the next song was Jet Pilot, which starts off with him yelling, like just boom it's just all of a sudden just all noise all fast like drums heavy guitar everything and he's screaming why were the eyes of a horse on a jet pilot and it like woke him up and he sat up straight and like hit his head on something and like i was like man that's fantastic let's have a shout out to the napster days (laughs) napster (laughs) some lime wire frost wire shout shout out to the stuff that killed the music industry yeah Yeah, woohoo i don't know how the music industry happens now like we watched that video of that woman who was saying like one Spotify stream is like point zero zero four cents. Oh yeah. So you even to get like a thousand dollars, you need like two hundred and fifty thousand yep. spot something insane. And like I think about myself, like I listen to all the new music. I my Zach Bryan had a new album come out. We'll talk about that in another episode because it's fantastic. But I'm like, I don't we pay for Apple Music monthly. So yep. we have a plan a program a uh, plan that pays what our all of our Apple Music and then like our Apple TV and all that stuff. Yep. But I know that if I was buying music, I would be spending way more than what we pay monthly for me to have Apple Music. Yep. And I have all this, but I don't pay for anything. Nope. And the the artists don't get paid well either. So it's just crazy like how I don't know how it all works now. I mean, it goes back to like streaming period is a technology that is not able to be like fully monetized for the people who deserve it. Just looking, you know, unintentional segue back to the writer's strike, like all of that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, I think we'll probably end here with a writer's strike update because. Yeah, unfortunately, we ran a little long on AEW there, and that's my bad. That's just what happens when you're just going with the flow on a podcast, yo. Yeah. So the big thing is uh, that happened with the writer strike this week is it? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna start to read this. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but because uh, we can post the whole thing or post a link to it. That one it, girl's post. Yeah, but it's off Instagram. It says after a hundred plus days, the AMPTP reached out to the WGA to resume negotiations. I'm just going to substitute the and just say AM from now on. Yeah. So AM asked for the media for a media blackout during negotiations and the WGA agreed. Mm-hmm. Over a week went by without a peep, which I, this lady says, foolishly thought was a positive sign. But then last night the AM broke their own media blackout to release a statement lauding their first and final offer, which the WGA had rejected as historically generous. Mm -hmm. So to recap, basically they, the WGA had sent in another offer. The AM PTP said, we'll do a media black blackout. And then they decided to break their own blackout and, release a counter proposal which was not as generous as what the wga wanted so basically they could say oh no one's been saying anything and now we're going to release this and they don't want it correct and they're such jerks such like just totally 
So here's the fun part about what the WGA put in their proposal. The WGA asked from Disney 0.091% of their revenue. I mean, that's probably a ton of money because of how wealthy Disney is, but a ton of money to be split amongst all those people, not a ton of money compared to the actual wealth of Disney. Does that make sense? Yes. So they asked from Netflix to, uh, sorry, 0.214% from Warner Brothers, 0.108%, and from Paramount, 0.148%. To clarify, they're asking for less than a percent. Actually, in most cases, less than a quarter of a percent of the revenue for the whole year. Insane. That's all the writers are asking for. Less than a quarter of a percent of the whole year's revenue from streaming. Can't do it, apparently. Less than a quarter percent. I know I said that several times because it needs to sink in. It is insane. We're talking about we're talking about well over $25 million in revenue, maybe even more than that. I'm being generous at this point. And all they're asking for is less than a quarter of a percent from each company. And they won't do it. And they won't budge. Like it doesn't, it won't, it legitimately wouldn't even affect their bottom line. No, it wouldn't even come close. straight up greed. So we're not going to see any of our shows in the fall. And no. You, and I don't, I mean, I feel bad for everybody who is striking, but I fully support them. And if I don't get my show for a while, then I don't need my show for a while. Am, am because I? I think that, I think they deserve it. It's, they factually deserve it. It's Without them, the streaming services have nothing to stream. Nothing at all. You're and right. you can move in the way of AI and you can do it all computer generated. But who's going to pay for all these streaming services when people can't afford their lives anymore? This stuff is a luxury. So uh, if we stopped all streaming services, we have plenty of like hard copy DVDs of things that we could watch. Yep. So, with that, I have another stat that okay. goes along with that. Between 1979 and 2021, worker, protic- productiv- ah, la, 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 la. worker productivity growth was 64.6%. What years? I'm sorry, 70? 79 to 21. Okay. Worker pay growth, 17.3%. Yeah. CEO pay, pay growth... 1,460%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rising tide should lift all boats, not just the yachts. The rising tide doesn't lift all boats. There is no trickle-down economy. Yep. This shit doesn't work, people. Yep. It just doesn't. Yep. And the bottom will fall. The middle will fall out. Yep. The bottom will fall out, and it'll happen. The average income in 1960 for a median family was $5,600. That's a year. The median cost of a house was $11,900. So, in a year, your whole salary was half of what it cost to buy a house. Mm -hmm. In 2023, the median cost for a family income is $70,700. And the median cost of a house is $416,000. Insanity. Insanity. The cost of living is just absolutely insane. Yep. 
It's insane. Yep. Buy, buying a house in the United States has increased much faster than the income most families have gotten in the last six days. We got so lucky getting yeah. our house. Oh, we got very lucky because like, we, we did it right before it turned. We will just live here for the rest of our lives. Yep, because we got it never right need before to it turned. Ri- never need to refinance. Couldn't get anything lower. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this stat because I think you know we we've talked about how people with a lot of money are the greedy ones, right? Yeah. Generally, for the most part, Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor Swift did something to prove well, not not even to prove, but just because she's a good person. Well, she's not an a hole. No, she's ones not. We talk about her a holes. No, I understand that, but she did something that I think that everybody that makes tons of money like her needs to follow by example. Because she makes more money than a lot of CEOs make. Because granted, the CEOs across the country are not in that 1%. Most no. of them aren't. A lot of them don't make the kind They're of money. They're trying to get there on the backs of everybody else. They are trying to get there. So Taylor Swift, to thank her truck drivers on the Eras Tour, she gave each of them a $100,000 bonus. Yeah. So if you make fifty grand a year driving a truck for Taylor Swift, she gave you a hundred thousand dollars extra just she for gave driving. Other bonuses to other people too. And you sent yep. me that thing from an episode of Conan O'Brien that she was on where he was making a joke something about backup dancers and them not having health yep. insurance and she's like, Oh, not mine. Mine do. Yep. She paid fifty five million dollars in bonuses to her crew. Yeah. $55 million she gave him bonuses. That girl is raking in the cash like crazy. Yeah. There is absolutely no reason that she she does not have to give any of her money no. away to anybody. And but yet, that's my point. she paid the people that she rode the backs to yes, get there. exactly. Literally. Because she didn't ride. The, I mean, it's that's a bad. Well, that, that's a bad. She thing. rode in their yeah. trucks. Her equipment yes. rode the in their trucks. The people who helped her get to where she is, yeah. she acknowledges and rewards and is grateful to. As opposed to the CEOs of the companies and the millionaires and the, you know, D-bag over at Disney and all that stuff. Yeah. There's, so, she she set an example that I wish a lot more of those yeah. people would follow. It's like just look at, like, who who gets our Amazon package to us in two days because they don't get bathroom breaks, because they get paid minimally an hour. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos makes money off their backs. And how many times does an Amazon package show up to your house in which it's delivered by somebody not in an Amazon vehicle because yeah. they're delivering it after hours and they got somebody driving around? Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. I mean, those I still people buy Amazon, which I those, shouldn't, but then at the end of the day, like those people do need jobs. So what? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're putting money on their table as much as we can, but unfortunately, we're also paying for Bezos to have a 17th yacht. And a fourth house or a fourth house in, like in a one location. <laughs> you know, it is what it is on that front, but it's yeah. a, it's unfortunate. But I, I like to end with the fact that Taylor Swift w- was very generous yeah. and cares about the people that, that help her be at the status yeah, that she's she just at. she seems like a good person. Yeah. She's very talented. She's very successful, and she cares about people. Yep. What a freaking concept. How rare. Yep. She treats she treats her people well, and I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so very happy to see that yeah well you can find us on facebook instagram twitter tumblr wordpress our website email all that jazz like listen Listen, subscribe subscribe, share with your friends blinked out leave us a comment feedback something like that let us know how we're doing give us a rating yeah cool cool awesome 
I believe that's all we can say this week, folks. Bye, y'all.